So we're doing some caroling, and today you're gonna be singing us a Christmas carol. Do you know O Come All You Faithful? Sorta? Of. Yeah, sorta. Of. <laughs> what are you doing? We're doing some caroling. Are you? Mm-hmm. Where are the carolers? Today we're actually gonna have you sing us a Christmas oh, no. carol. Pam, you wanna do it? All of it? On the spot? You, you know, you know it. <laughs> really, I have like a really bad cough and I'll start coughing. I'm serious. Can we oh, come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Oh, come ye, oh, come ye <laughs> to Bethlehem. King of Angels. Silent night. No, no, no. Oh, oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come let us adore him. <laughs> I don't know the rest. That's it? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's, that's pretty good. I like your coat. Thank you. like a little you. rabbit. Well, yeah, just don't, don't get it dirty. This is playing at church this I know, and that's <laughs> probably very embarrassing. Nando's jacket. He looks like Pitbull. Does anybody else think that? <laughs> anyhow, maybe you've been watching TBN all the time, so you don't know what that is. But anyhow, so whatever. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. It's great to see you today and good to have you here. And uh, man, I hope that uh, you're, this Christmas season is merry and bright for you. It has been great for me. Let me give you a little bit of my eating schedule log this week. The Dinner Diva, Donna Erickson. Wow. Thank God for Donna Erickson. Anyhow, um, great family, but incredible cook. And so I got to eat two of her meals this week. One was Sparkle. And not that I was at Sparkle, that was Lay's events, but she like made me a little, little thing and sent it home with Tammy. Of course, it's gone. And uh, I think it's already been in the packaging's already recycled, right? And so that's that way. And then, um, and then Tammy went uh, to uh, Appleton uh, for the... Christmas sparkle there, and so uh, uh, Jen Reisenbeekler, uh, our campus pastor, her and her husband, Sean, uh, she led that, did a great job, and Tammy came home with two incredible gifts. First of all, let me tell you something. I love, like, southern cuisine, everything that's fried, but, but there is something that you have in the upper Midwest that I absolutely love, and it's, I think it originates from Minnesota, and uh, chicken and wild rice soup, Anybody? Sweet Jesus, I'm telling you, I am hooked. So I have a whole like vat of that in my, thank you, Laura Coggins. Thank you, Laura Coggins. This is better than Ryan Coggins. Thank you, Laura Coggins. And then, and then, and then Lisa uh, Postgate sends these, these brownies sent from heaven, touched with caramel. Mm, I think I've, I seriously, I've had eight. So I feel Jesus. I'm just telling you, it's just been great. So I'm up like another 2.75 pounds. I got my Spanx on. I'm happy. See? Check it out. Looks good, right? You like that? I'm not taking it off. I'm not taking it. I'm not, I'm not revealing my secrets, girl. All right. But I'm just saying, let's get people go, man, you know, I got a bigger jacket on and I'm getting a little darker. You notice the black, the black, and the gray. I haven't quite got there yet. That'll be in a couple weeks. So anyhow. 
If you don't know me, I apologize in advance. My, I apologize for myself, my wife, and on behalf of the church. Amen? All right, so my wife is like, just land the plane, Aaron, and preach your message. Okay. So uh, we are in this series called Carols. And we're taking some of these great Christmas carols that are kind of anthems of the church, if you would, and we're kind of talking about them. And honestly, the one that we're going to talk about today is probably my favorite uh, of the three that we're going to talk about. Oh, come all ye faithful. The kids sang it, did an incredible job. Didn't they do a good job? Can you give a big hand to all of our children? <laughs> Nothing like hearing or seeing or experiencing Christmas through the eyes of a child. Nothing like it. I, I love it. And, um, but this song was written in the 1700s. Uh, it was originally written in Latin. And if you've ever heard it in Latin, you won't understand it, but it's beautiful. But uh, his name is John Francis Wade. And uh, he originally wrote it. He was a Methodist. Uh, uh, and it was a Methodist hymn is actually the, the, how it got started. And uh, then in the, in the uh, 1841, Frederick Oakley translated it to English, and it really became something of a staple uh, more in the English uh, and in the Western uh, part of the world in America. And, uh, and I, I want to focus on, on a line, and I'll do this last week. I did it. I'll do it next week. But it's this line, O come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. John Francis Wade, he begins a song by calling all of the faithful, all of the joyful, and all of the triumphant to come worship Christ. But the, the, the thing, though, is that many times we don't feel that way, especially during this time of the year. We, we sing those songs because it's very melodious, but, but, but we don't feel very joyful sometimes during the Christmas season. We don't feel very um, faithful we don't feel very triumphant. And um, the reality is, is that, is that we feel more weary or worn or tormented. Maybe you should say, come all you who are weary and worn and tormented, tormented and he will make you faithful and joyful and triumphant. Because Christmas has its own pressures. I mean, if, you're, if, if you've lost someone this last year, this may be a very difficult season. I have people from time to time that just say, hey, pastor, I, I, I just can't do Christmas Eve. I, I just, it's everything I can do to be there from Thanksgiving to the first of the year because I'm just reminded. Um, sometimes I have people that say to me, you know, I'm really alone during this time of the year. And I just have a hard time. It's really, really hard. Some of us, it's just, um, man, life is tough, and finances are really stretched thin, and kids don't understand all the dynamics that go into what it takes to make Christmas happen. And there's pressures. Some of you, you work in retail. My wife worked in retail all through high school and college and until we first got married, and, and she literally, just by the time she would get through Christmas Eve working at the mall, she was like just hating the holiday because it was a great time to make a lot of money, but you're not dealing with people at their best, and, and it becomes just very much somewhat trite, and there's just a lot of pressure. I, I remember several years ago when our youngest was, uh, she was three, and she wanted Dora the Explorer uh, dollhouse. Anybody remember Dora Explorer? Boots, backpack, backpack. 
It can't go where you can't go. All right, so I know all this stuff. So anyhow, so I was wanting to be the dad of the year, right? And so I was going to figure out how to get a Dora the Explorer uh, kind of a, of, a, of a house. You know, it was like one of those big houses, and you open it up, and all the characters and all this, and that's all she talked about. And when it came on television, she would run to the TV with her sippy cup, and it was Dora the Explorer, and I'm going to be dad of the year, and here's what I'm going to do. And I'm very competitive to begin with anyhow. And so, um, and so anyhow, I, I began to try to figure out. And so I just kind of made some promises. Has your mouth ever written checks that you can't cash? Yeah. Mm, especially this time of the year, we have a tendency to do that. I said, stop, people, stop. Don't, don't, don't promise what you can't. So anyhow, so I go about to find this and come to find out you can't get them. So I mean, I'm like, am I going to have like to go to like to, you know, halfway around the world where they make them, like to the factory and just stand outside and just like grab it from somebody and run and get on a plane. I mean, what am I going to do to get this? And so I find out that there was a Toys R Us at that time in Brown Deer. And I called and they said, we had one return. We have one left. But you're not the first person that's called on this. So whoever gets here first gets it. Game on Donkey Kong. What? So anyhow, so I had a four-wheel drive. Listen, a redneck has a four-wheel drive. They think they can, like, walk on water. I mean, ice, no problem. And there was an ice storm. At that point in time, we were living in West Bend. No problem. I'm going to take NN to ZZ to BB to CC to DD to, to PP. I mean, I'm going to do it all, right? And I'm going to waffle my way down to 76 to right there and, and, and Highway 100. And I'm going to get right there by the old Northridge Mall. And I'm going to get there and I'm going to get that thing. And I'm telling you, I was all over the road. Not like I'm not anyhow normally because I don't really drive a car. I aim a car, you know? Like all the dashes and the lines, those are just kind of suggestions. And, and so anyhow, so I am going, no joke. I am just zipping and I'm all over the place. And, and it, the longer I drive, the worse it's getting thinking my, my intellect is telling me go back home. This is very dangerous, right? You know, my mind's telling me yes, but my heart is saying no. You know, it was one of those moments. And so I, I'm like, I'm getting this and dude, I get in there and I am muscling people out of the way. I'm just, I'm like jumping over stuff and, you know, and, and I get there and I say, door the floor, it's mine, mine, mine. I go to my, and I, I had it, I beat him. The lady came right in after me. I was like, ah, loser. I didn't really do that, but I was thinking in my heart, I'm just going to got to tell you, right? So I get this. But sometimes during this season, that's kind of what comes out in us. Whether it's the pressure of trying to pay the bills, whether it's trying to please people, whether it's trying to prepare for the in-laws or the outlaws, and everybody knows that family can be funky. Hallelujah. We just went through Thanksgiving. I need to remind you of that again. And I mean, just that happens. And the reality is, is that we don't feel very joyful. We don't feel very faithful. We don't feel very triumphant. And I just want to remind you that Jesus didn't come to call the faithful or the joyful or the triumphant. But the Bible says that Jesus came to call the weary and the burdened. He came to call the weary and the burdened. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, he says, Come to me, Jesus says, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. So if you feel weary in this season, you're in a really good place. If you feel burdened in this season, you're in a really great place. Because Jesus has come to call you. 
He didn't come to call the joyful, and I'm going to explain this in just a minute, or the triumphant or the faithful. He doesn't do that. That's where the words of the song are a little bit off theologically. Sounds great, but it doesn't hold a ton of theological water. No, he came to call us who are weary and who are burdened. He came to call the sinner. He came to call the sinner. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 9, verse 12 and 13 says, And on hearing this, Jesus said, Is it not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick? For I have come to call the righteous, not, not to come to call the righteous, but the sinner. That's who Jesus came to call. So, O come all ye weary, burdened, and sinful. O come ye, O come ye to Bethlehem. While Jesus might call you when you're in the state, though, of being sinful or weary or burdened, he doesn't let you live, live, live there, and nor does he leave you there. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, Paul says to the church in Corinth, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come and the old has gone, for the new is here. That's what happens. See, we come to Christ weary. We come to Christ burdened. We come to Christ sinful. But we don't stay that way. That's the reason why people will come Christmas Eve. I encourage you to invite them to one of the Christmas Eve services. There's a, there's a card that you received in the little packet that you got when you came in tonight. I encourage you to simply take that and to invite someone, to invite a friend or a coworker or a family member. Because most people are going to be somewhere Christmas Eve, and some of it's out of tradition, I get that. But a lot of it is, is because there's something inside of us that just says, this seems right. This seems what we ought to do. This seems part of what we... People are more open, listen, during this time of the year and Easter than any other time of the year, but Christmas more so. Because they still like songs like, Oh, come, all ye faithful. They still like songs like Away in the Manger. They still like the carol like, you know, Oh, Little Town of Bethlehem. They, 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 they still like Away in the Manger because there's something about it that we understand our own depravity. And the older that we get, I don't care if you're in the church or you're out of the church, you understand how jacked up you are. And quite frankly, I don't need anybody to show me how messed up I am, and I don't need to point out anybody else's messed upness. I know that's not grammatically correct, but you understand what I'm saying. Well, the service was beginning tonight. I was out and just shaking hands and meeting people. I love to do that. Got invited to a buffet. Thank you, Roger. I'm going to take you up on that. It's a good thing it's a buffet. It won't make you go broke. But I met Larry, who said, I just got to stop you for a minute. I got to introduce myself. And he told me his story. And he said, the reason why I'm here is because I get it. When you open the Bible and you preach, I get it. When I'm in service, I feel something. That's Holy Spirit. See, that's the reason why they're going to be here Christmas Eve. And we're going we're to have a fun night. We're going to have a great night. And in a very short and concise way, we're going to present the gospel of Jesus Christ and give them an opportunity 
to at least be exposed to the gospel message in a very simple way, but an opportunity to to give their life to Christ because we are all burdened. We are all weary. We are all sinful. But Jesus doesn't want us to stay that way. No, Jesus truly, as the carol says, wants to help us become more faithful. Jesus wants to help us become more faithful. In Hebrew chapter 12, verse 2, he says this, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Jesus is the one who gives us our faith. Jesus is the one that perfects our faith. How does he do that? I'm so glad you asked that question. I got the answer. I was ready for your question. Romans 10 verse 17 says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of God. What you're doing right now, especially if you're taking notes, because we know that you're more likely to retain 80% of information that you write down, whether it's a goal, whether it's a quote, whether it's, it's outlines or notes of what you're doing, to retain that more than you are just to audibly listen to something. But simply hearing the word of God strengthens our faith and thus makes us more faithful. I want you to understand that. Faithfulness is not something that you bring to God. Faithfulness is something that God gives to you. Oh, we bring to God our weariness. We bring to God our burdens. We bring to God our sin. And what does Jesus do? He, he, gives, us, he gives us beauty for our ashes. He gives us joy for our mourning. He, he takes our darkness and our sorrows and he turns them into light, the Bible says. So when we come to Christ... When we come to Jesus, we realize he's the author of our faith. He's the one that's written our faith. He's the one that he's the giver of our faith. He's also the perfecter of our faith. And he does that through his word. That as we read God's word, as we study God's word, as we do what we're doing right now and open God's word and learn from God's word, that we begin to grow. And as we begin to hear the word of God, our faith begins to grow. That's the reason why that when you leave here, you feel like, man, I'm more powerful. I, 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 feel, I feel more bold. I, I feel good about myself in Christ. I, I feel like, man, I, I can live this. It's not because there's something in the atmosphere. It's not because of me. It's not because of something. It's because your faith is growing as God's word is preached. So every time you open up God's word, that's the byproduct. It begins to happen in your life. It begins to grow in your life. And I'm just going to tell you that people say to me before, man, and I even challenge my own children with this. You know, they, they know all the lyrics to all these songs. I go, hey, how many verses of, Bi of the Bible do you know? Because the lyrics to that song, to One Direction, ain't going to get you through the next year of your life. But, Dad, they're so dreamy. Just hairy. It's, it's just, wow. Yeah, whoop de flipping do. Anyhow, the reality is it's not going to help you. But when you take God's word and you hide it in your heart, why? You might not sin against God. You take God's word and the Bible says that, that it's refreshing to you. You ever been through a rough time and all of a sudden someone gives you a verse of scripture or you're reading the Bible and all of a sudden it begins to become alive and it just does something to you? It's like you mark it down, you write it down, you remember it. Yeah, because there's something behind it because God's word is alive. Just listen to this. It doesn't say you're going through a rough time. Maybe you're going through a rough time today. I love this verse, Isaiah 43, 2 and 3. But God says, when you pass through the waters, 
I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Why? Because I am. We talked about that a little bit last weekend. I am the Lord your God. I am the Holy One of Israel. I am your Savior. Man, when you're feeling like you're about to drown, you're feeling like you're about to go under, you're just gasping for your last breath, and all of a sudden you read a passage like that, there's something that rises up in you. It's called faith that only comes from God. Jesus doesn't help us just become more faithful. He helps us become more joyful. Jesus helps us become more joyful. Now, joy is a fruit. The Bible says it's a fruit of the Spirit, according to the book of Galatians. Just as an apple tree produces apples, so a Christ follower produces joy by living their life in Jesus. And understand this, joy is totally different than happiness. Happiness is based on happenings. Joy depends upon Jesus. Let me say that again. Happiness depends on happenings. What's happening in your life? What's going on in your life? If there are great things going on in your life, you're happy. If there are not so great things going on in your life, you're not happy. If the dinner diva, a.k.a. Donna Erickson, makes you dinner, you are happy. When you eat too much, you are unhappy. It's happenings, right? You understand? But joy evades happenings. Joy goes beyond the circumstances. Joy goes beyond what I'm feeling in the moment. Joy goes beyond my emotions. Joy goes beyond my circumstances. Joy goes beyond my situation. Joy is, is, is a character that's developed in my life. It's why the angel of the Lord spoke at the birth of Christ and said this in Luke's gospel, chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people, because today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. Why is there going to be joy? Because of Jesus. Not because of your job, not because of your money, not because of your bank account, not because of your status, not because of your children, not because of your marriage, not because of your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your favorite boy band. Joy is going to happen in your life because of one thing, Jesus. It's not a new car. Lexus would like you to think that, wouldn't they? With those beautiful, clean cars in the snow. That only happens on the set in California, people. We live here. It's nasty out there, isn't it? When there's, no, when there's snow, it's all nasty. And the salt and the, you know, the ugh. You know what I'm talking about? It gets on your pants. gets uh, nasty. You like snow. God bless you. But you know it's just nasty out there. And so they, it's, it's, this is the cell to remember, you know. And they have the big bow. And nobody has a bow like that. And put that on. Oh, really? Seriously? So anyhow, but they want you to think if you just have that, man, you'll have this other deal. If, if you wear this product, you're, you're going to be. No, that's, that's, that's just happiness. But happiness comes and happiness goes. But joy gets you through the middle of the night. That's what Jesus brings. It's true joy. I said it last weekend. I'm going to say it again today. I hope that the hope of Jesus is so powerful in you that it's like a sweet-smelling fragrance to everybody that's around you. That wherever you work, you don't have to even open your mouth. There's just a, a fragrance about Christ in you. 
that wherever you are, whatever you're doing, that just that aroma of Christ, a teen challenge, guys, that, that the other guys that are living, and, and you guys are in some close quarters sometimes, and I know I, I, I'm there, but that the other guys, your bunkmates and the other guys down the hall, that they're going to sense Christ in you. Not that you're perfect, but they're going to sense that in you. That your neighbors, that your friends, that the people that you're sharing lunch with at the, at the cafeteria, that the, the people that you're around, that they're going to, because the hope of God will be in you, because the hope of Christ will be in you, because that'll be something that will just permeates from you. Because the world is sick of happiness. And they are longing for joy. And joy is something that Lexus cannot package. Joy is something that, 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 that the world cannot give. They can give you happiness for a moment, but they cannot give you joy. That only comes from Jesus. And lastly, Jesus helps us become more triumphant. He does help us become more triumphant. Have you ever been around in a situation where you felt like a little bit overwhelmed, but then you were with someone that had it handled, and you just kind of felt like, okay, this is good? I was in traffic this past week, and traffic's kind of crazy, and all these little zipper lanes, whatever they call it, what they call it right there, just zip on. I zip all the time. But anyhow, so the, the construction system, and so I'm zipping like I normally do, and, and uh, I had this car. It was kind of like a nasty-looking car and kind of beat up, and the guy was driving a bit erratic, and, and, uh, and, but I went in the car by myself. Of course, I'm still just going, so he's slowing down, so I'm zipping around him. That's what you're supposed to do, right? In the Milwaukee system right now, just zip. That's what I'm doing. I'm zipping. The officer pulls me. I'm gonna say, "Officer, I'm that zipper lane. I'm just doing the zip. I'm zipping." Right? Now, what I'm supposed to do? If you don't heard this, get on the freeway. Just zip on like a zipper. Just zip right on in there. I'm just zipping around. Yeah. Y'all see me all locked up in the six o'clock news, right? So. But I'm going and doing it, and I know this guy's a bit erratic, and, but I have Chris Warner with me. And what's Chris Warner like, seven foot five? I mean, he's big, tall. Got that deep voice. He's not that tall, but he's like six five, six six. And, uh, of course, I got Nando in the back seat, so. It, <laughs> not much help. But Chris, Chris is in the front seat. I said, Chris, I'm going to pass this guy again on your side. And put Chris on the bleed side. I said, but I just felt like, dude, if this guy does something crazy, I got Chris with me, right? Just get him out of the car. Nando will just finish it up, whatever's there. He'll jump on top of your head. And, but Chris will just like take you downtown. That's kind of what happens in our lives when we sense that Christ really has our back, that we're not alone. But if I'm in a scary situation, I'm, I'm not alone. If I'm in a situation that's a bit unpredictable, I'm not alone. If I'm in a situation that's a bit overwhelming, I'm, I'm not alone. Jesus, when he comes into my life, truly helps me become, become more triumphant. Isaiah says it this way in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. Speaking of Christ, for to us a child is born. For to us a child is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And of the greatness of his government and the peace, there will be no end. And he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. 
When you hear this of Christ, man, you, you realize that when Jesus came, he came to establish God's kingdom. He, he came to make us more triumphant. He came to make us more than a conqueror, that we're never alone, that, 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 that he's always with us, that wherever we are, that, that, that God's made himself completely alone, and that we're not triumphant on our own, but we're triumphant in him. For we serve a God who truly is, as the Bible says, the king of all kings, who truly is, as the Bible says, he is Alpha and Omega, which means he's the beginning and the end. John the Revelator said he's the first and the last, that which was, that which is, and that which is to come. He truly is the one who the angels in heaven cry, holy, 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 the whole Lord God Almighty, for the entire earth is full of his glory. He truly is the Lord of lords. He truly is the one who has chosen to save us from our sins. He, he is the author and the perfecter of our faith. He, he is the prince of peace. He is the bread of life. He is the light of the world. He is the savior of mankind. And we have an opportunity to come and adore him for he is Christ the Lord. See, our victory doesn't come from us. Our victory comes from him. Because we don't do it on our own. We do it through him. And maybe today you don't feel faithful. Maybe you're not. Maybe today you don't feel joyful. Maybe today you don't feel triumphant. But that's because none of these things can be found. You cannot go purchase these at Walgreens or CVS. They can only be given to you by Jesus. Just as the song says. Oh, come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Oh, come ye, oh, come ye to Bethlehem. Oh, come and behold him, born the king of angels. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Christ our Lord. Wherever you are today, whatever you're experiencing today, we come to Christ sinful and weary and burdened. And he makes us faithful, joyful, and triumphant. That's the reason for the season. That's the song. That's the message. And some of you are saying, well, yeah, and I get this, man. I, I, I get this. But no, 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 no. I don't want you to get, get it cognitively. I want you to get it emotionally. I want you to get it eternally, internally, not eternally. I want you to get it internally. I want you to get it beyond your head and into your heart. I want you to get it beyond your cerebral cortex. And I want you to let it just filter down and marinate down into your heart. That you and I will never be faithful. But in Christ, we are made faithful. You and I will never find joy in our own, but through Jesus Christ, we as the wise men and the shepherds will find joy through Jesus. We will never be triumphant or victorious in our own, but through Christ, we will do all things through him who strengthens us. We're never alone. That's the God that we serve.
And today I just pray that as you leave this place, that you will leave with this sense. of faithfulness and of joy and of victory, of triumph. Not in you, but in Jesus. And that you won't just leave that here, but you will take that with you because that's what the world needs. A God who will take their burdens and their weariness and their sin and faithfully give them joy and triumph. Father, I just thank you today. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for the sweet presence of the Holy Spirit that's in this place. And I pray, God, if there's anyone that's here that's alone, that's without you, that just feels weary and just feels burdened, God, that you would minister to them. I pray, Lord, let us be keenly aware of your presence, Jesus. Keenly aware of your faithfulness, of your joy, and of your triumph. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.